Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything A. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we have a two-part feature on turning waste flax straw into biomass for power plants. A Regina company has been set up to buy waste flax straw and sell it to many coal-fired power plants around the world which are converting to biomass to create electricity. Real Agriculture looks at the Canadian beef market amid COVID-19. We have an interview with the Deputy Minister of Trade in the Saskatchewan government. The province has set up a tax incentive plan to attract large-scale chemical fertilizer plants. And we look at COVID-19 and efforts to control the spread in Hutterite colonies. Sask Wheat has released a new Durham export outlook. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. A Regina-based company has been set up to turn waste flax straw into an energy source for the world. Prairie Clean Energy CEO Mark Cooper says there's a growing market for selling flax straw as a biomass fuel for power plants. He says a series of town hall meetings are being held this week in Saskatchewan to buy baled straw by the ton. Well, Jim, you know, there's a huge opportunity globally as the uh, amount of biomass power plants are growing almost exponentially around the world. They're expected to double over the next decade from 4,000 to 8,000 plants that uh, power plants that burn biomass fuel most of those burn wood products and the reality is there simply isn't enough supply globally to meet the demand and most of those wood products are uh, they're not being sustainably uh, farmed and so they're actually having some net negative impacts on the environment as it turns out right here with flax straw here in Saskatchewan and across the Canadian prairies we have a fuel source that's actually better than wood, produces more BTUs per pound with, with that flax straw, and uh, it's completely wasted. Most of it burned or discarded today, and uh, we can turn that into a revenue source for those producers uh, that uh, produce that flax, and uh, we can help power the world in a more sustainable way while bringing more revenue into Saskatchewan. So we really see it as a win-win-win, and we're really excited to be working uh, with local producers and global clients to turn this into a reality. How much would you pay a farmer for his flax straw? Well, the amount that we pay will vary based on a few factors. So we're looking for farmers who can produce these in square bales and make them available for transport uh, from their property. We'll do the transportation. Uh, we, I am confident that the amount that we're paying is multiples better than anything else that they can find in the marketplace for buying their flax straw. And uh, I would say that we're in that 
15 to $22 range for farmers per, per ton. And it will, as I said, it will vary depending on uh, whether they need to bale it or we bale it. Uh, and we'll negotiate each of that individually with each producer. Are you really prepared to bale it for farmers, custom bale it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that we we really believe in. Uh, we're all Saskatchewan boys, and we believe in the importance of creating more opportunities and jobs locally. And so we, we know that there are custom baler outfits that we can partner with uh, that can create jobs in these local er- in these regions and can go out and do this work for their neighbors. And so we see it as neighbors helping neighbors and everybody getting a little ahead financially, and that's, that's going to be our focus. It's going to be, because we're a new company and because we're trying something that nobody's done before, which is taking flax straw and converting into biomass fuel, we know it's going to work, but we're going to have to figure it out together. So we're really looking for farmers who want to partner with us in a long-term relationship that'll be beneficial for them and for us. And we're going to sort through the details, many of which we've tried to figure out and have, but we're going to need to work with them to sort those out. And so, yes, we're prepared to bail and work with others to bail if uh, farmers can't do it themselves. Do you turn this into wood chips, and or, or what do you turn it into? And then you've got some town hall meetings. Yeah, so we have town hall meetings across the province. So today we have one in uh, Weyburn. Yesterday we had one in Humboldt. Uh, Wednesday we have one in Yorkton. Thursday in Regina. Anybody who wants to register for those can go to www.prairiecleanenergy.com to get signed up. If you can't attend the town hall but you're interested in more information, you can put your you can sign in on the website there and we will send you an information package and follow up. No, we don't uh, we're not going to pelletize this. We're not going to turn it into wood chips. We have a proprietary process that we use to prepare the flax straw for industrial clients. And one of the reasons that we're focused on the industrial market is because they have uh, multiple most of them have multiple approaches for for burning product and so we have a lot of flexibility in terms of how we can provide the final product and so all we need is the straw we do the conversion and then we sell it globally and so you know all indications are that this is going to be a successful business not only for us but for everyone we partner with and i think that's why the response so far has been pretty good Mark Cooper is the CEO of Regina-based Prairie Clean Energy. Because of COVID-19 social distancing, Prairie Clean Energy is asking farmers to pre-register at prairiecleanenergy.com so organizers can keep the gatherings to under 30 people. The meetings run from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Coming up, he details where there's strong demand for flax straw to turn into electricity. China. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by Selford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Regina-based Prairie Clean Energy is holding a series of town hall meetings for farmers to turn waste flax straw into a power source for the world. CEO Mark Cooper says there's a thriving market for selling flax straw as a biomass fuel to power plants. He says town hall meetings are set for 2 to 3.30 p.m. today in Weyburn, tomorrow afternoon in Yorkton, and Thursday in Regina. Because of COVID-19 social distancing, farmers are asked to pre-register at prairiecleanenergy.com so organizers can keep the gatherings to under 30 people. Well, what we're doing right now is asking them to sign letters of intent that verify for us how much flax they're growing this year, whether or not they can bale it themselves, and when they, when they believe that they'll have it ready. 
We're using those letters of intent to uh, identify our heat maps in terms of supply and when it'll be available and where. And then we're finalizing our deals with our customers so that we know how much they want to buy. And then we'll match those two together and we will finalize contracts with farmers that we know we can guarantee. I think that's really important. We've heard that, you know, farmers have been burned before with uh, these kinds of offers. And so we don't want to make an offer that we are not 100% sure we can follow through on. And we're going to match uh, demand to supply. So today we're asking for letters of intent and then we will finalize actual purchase contracts within the next 60 days. Where are the markets for these biomass electric yeah. power plants? Where where can you sell this? Literally all over the world, but specifically Asia and Europe are the two fastest growing markets. We also have some domestic markets here, British Columbia and the Maritimes and and then down into the states and so are, we have Initial clients that we're talking about domestically, so in British Columbia, uh, we're also talking to companies in the Maritimes, and we've had some preliminary conversations with Japan. I can tell you that in our first year, our plan is to sell most of the product that we collect domestically, and then by year two, we want to start shifting to international, and by year three, we have hope to be predominantly international, where the, uh, where the marketplace is just exploding. Do you have an estimate of how many tons that you'll collect off the Canadian prairies or flax straw? Well, we know that there's, on average, nearly 700,000 tons a year that of straw, we, we estimate anyway, that is, uh, that's discarded. And so I can tell you that the global market for fuel, the demand is expected to exceed 40 million tons by 2030. So we will never find enough supply to match the demand. And as we grow as a company, our commitment is if you're growing flax, we'll buy your straw. But isn't this, wouldn't this be considered a, a dirty fuel, like a polluting fuel? It's actually not. In fact, it's, it's absolutely carbon neutral. Uh, and uh, if anything, it might even be uh, carbon negative because the uh, because of the sink effect of the crop. And so, it, well, the burning of it absolutely re- releases carbon into uh, the environment. The flax itself actually captures carbon, and because it's renewable every single year, so it doesn't take decades for flax to grow like it does trees, it's actually uh, incredibly environmentally friendly as far as, uh, as far as these fuel sources go. So it's much better than burning coal, and, um, and th- that's why coal plants all around the world are in the process of converting to biomass because it's just so much cleaner for the environment. And as it turns out, it's, uh, when you factor in all of those kinds of things, it's not that much more expensive for them to burn. Just a reminder to everyone that prairiecleanenergy.com is the place to go to sign up and uh, let us know if you're interested in selling flax. And we'll be happy to work with uh, every farmer in Saskatchewan this year that is. And looking forward to, uh, to doing business with those folks and helping uh, create new revenue streams for them and for Saskatchewan. Mark Cooper of Regina is the CEO of Prairie Clean Energy, a newly formed company designed to buy waste flax straw and turn it into an energy source for the world. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by the president of Canada Beef. It is Michael Young. Michael, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Sean. Hey, good, great. good afternoon to you. Yeah, great to chat with you. I'm looking forward to you connecting some dots for me and trying to provide some clarity. You know, Michael, a lot of commodity analysts I talk to, 
they say, you know, because this is, and it seems to be a bit of a popular thought right now amongst the people that are watching the livestock, uh, the livestock live cattle futures. I, you know, people will say, I, I'm not concerned about beef demand. I, I see strong beef demand here through the summer. Um, I haven't been able to kind of reconcile that a little bit because at the same time, I'm also seeing pieces in the Wall Street Journal, Globe and Mail, talking about how restaurants are so concerned about what their future looks like. In, in April, we got the Stats Can numbers for that month, which was kind of really the first month where we really had the full impact of COVID-19. Supermarket sales up 19%, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, food service down 61%. So those two numbers don't necessarily, we didn't replace one for the other. What can you tell us as you talk to your stakeholders about beef demand here right now as it works its way through the channel, Michael? I think, well, I think you nailed it. It um, The volume loss in food service in a normal condition was not evenly transferred to the retail sector. I think we, we all know that. Um, they have seen uh, excellent demand main, is maintained in the, in the retail side. Um, the overall sales are up from uh, the, the meat purveyors I'm talking to. They're seeing, you know, 100, 130% in some cases, some categories growth, which is unbelievable. Um, and food service, again, they're, they, they've reopened on a, on a limited basis. Unfortunately, this is not the industry opening again. It's, it's opening on a limited basis, which means half the capacity, social distancing, um, many, many precautions in place. Uh, you see patios busy, but uh, if you've been inside the restaurants, they're, they're, they're nowhere near what they were before. And we're talking about an industry that runs on a, on a razor thin margin. You know, there's also an increase in food costs. Uh, I think I saw from Restaurants Canada, they, I think they said two to 3% increase in food costs, which doesn't seem like a lot to you and I, but from a restaurant point of view, uh, it's, it, it's a huge amount. We haven't seen that kind of an increase. So you've got a sector that's trying to pull itself back together again. They've got to get by on, on half the occupancy. Uh, the, uh, the whole idea of eating out is a pleasurable experience. It's very hard to capture that when when social distancing is being practiced. So uh, it's it's challenging, Sean. So we the, the volume hasn't transferred into retail. Um, Canadians and, and Americans are still eating more meals at home. We're seeing that in what they're buying in the retail sector. Uh, there was some uh, kind of changes in flows in terms of certain cuts. Um, so in the beginning, when we had some supply and demand issues, uh, when some of the plants were were either slowed down or, or closed temporarily, we saw some supply and demand issues where, uh, and retailers could not commit to any feature activity, which affects us in the summertime, of course, because it's grilling season. Um, but we've uh, we've moved past that now, which is great. We're seeing some some, some rather good uh, feature activity coming up. The the plants are beginning to, or they're they're able to supply the volumes requested. So we're seeing good action on the retail side, and um, and we're we're extremely concerned about the food service side. We we want this sector to, to come back. It's just going to take time. For yeah. Sure. And, and what's happening with with exports? As you talk to some of your membership. So we finally got we got the May numbers. Um, we're across the board. We're down about fifteen percent. That's about. 26,000 tons. So um, that's across the board, and that's in every market. There's a couple of small markets that we saw some uh, growth, but in every one of our major markets, we've seen a, a decrease. And part of that was 
um, materials not being made available when we had a supply demand. And part of that is because they're going through a lot of the same uh, challenges we are. So yeah, yeah. it adds up to about 26,000 tons. That's about just under 15%, about 8% in value. So about $11 million. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Um. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather... Sunny sky today, wind southeast 20, the high 30 degrees, the low 15. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind southeast 20, the high 31, the low 16. Thursday, sunny, the high 33, the low 16. Friday, sunny, the high 29, the low 14. Saturday, partly cloudy with a high 28, the low 13. Sunday, sunny, the high 30, the low 14. Monday, sunny sky, the high 31. Normal high is 26, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 521 this morning. It sets at 849 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader in west-central Saskatchewan at 32 degrees. The cold spot up North Island Falls, 23. Estevan is 27, Saskatoon and Swift Current, 28. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 27. Regina, sunny and 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 15. Humidity, 47%. The barometer dropping, 101, 101.5. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 27 degrees. Winds are from the southeast at 21. Once again, Regina, sunny and 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And SMHI, crop hail insurance at cost. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca The Saskatchewan government has launched a new tax incentive to attract capital investments in large-scale chemical fertilizer facilities in Saskatchewan. Trade and Export Development Deputy Minister Kent Campbell says the purpose is to build on the province's world-class agriculture and fertilizer sectors. So the purpose is really to uh, help attract new investment to Saskatchewan and really to help diversify off our core strengths in the areas of food, fuel and fertilizer. Are there any specific farm chemicals that you're targeting here? No, it's really meant to be applicable for any single or multi-nutrient uh, synthetic fertilizer. And sort of one where each granule would contain the, sim- the similar mineral content. So it doesn't include uh, blends or mixes. And those that are just, so if you're just blending, say, potash with uh, nitrogen, that would, that would not count. We're looking for the, uh, really that chemical manufacturing process. Are there any in-short supply in Saskatchewan that you would be targeting or hoping for? Well, we really see this, these types of fertilizers as being a growth market in North America, and we're hoping to attract some of that investment here because, of course, we've got 40% of Canada's agricultural land here. We're a natural powerhouse in terms of potash production, and so we just think 
providing additional fertilizer production, which our farmers can use, but uh, North American farmers can use as well. Why wouldn't we want that investment here versus elsewhere? Have you got any possible locations that you would like to see some work at? Really anywhere in Saskatchewan. And, and we've been you know, talking with a number of companies about this potential prospect, but we don't have any, uh, any specific applications in as of yet. Can you say what those potential projects are at this stage? No, I'm not, not really at liberty to say, apart from its very general interest at this point. And I think, you know, we've taken that to, to say, well, maybe there's the potential here for, for some investment. And, of course, on the potash side, we have a, a royalty regime which incentivizes that type of production. But we didn't really have any incentive that was particular to the other forms of the fertilizer sector. And so we're really quite open to, uh, to new investment, whether that comes from existing Canadian players or other North American players or even international players for that matter. What is the actual tax credit and what would it cost the province? So the tax credit is a uh, 15% non-refundable, non-transferable tax credit with a $10 million uh, investment minimum threshold. We really patterned that on the Saskatchewan Value-Added Agriculture Incentive, which we had released a few years back targeting um, manufacturing and processing of uh, adding value to our core agricultural products. So it's patterned on that. One of the nice things about the program is the tax credit is not actually allowable or transferable until that new facility comes into production. So we're quite confident that it will lead to actually a uh, net benefit to um, not only the Saskatchewan economy, but the Saskatchewan taxpayer base as well. And so no tax credit is actually eligible until that facility is, is, has been commissioned. So you see this building on agriculture and fertilizer sectors to strengthen and diversify the economy. Is that the real key purpose there? Yeah, absolutely right. And and so we, we know there's lots of global competition for capital and we feel uh, in, in those areas off agriculture and fertilizer in particular, we have natural strategic advantages. If we can attract some of those other manufacturing or service sector businesses off of that, then I think that just makes for a stronger Saskatchewan. So, Ken, are there any projects already covered since it's retroactive to 2017, uh, November 1st? Yeah, there there are not. There's certainly probably a handful of companies we've we've talked to about the, the potential around this, but there's been no projects until now. The, pro- the program hasn't actually been established with the criteria, and there's been no application processes. So that's all sort of forward moving. We just wanted to make sure that you know we had a, a program that's in place as a you know as in effect now that uh, will account for investment up until December of 2026, when the program will expire or else be up for renewal. Kent Campbell is the Deputy Minister for Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The spread of COVID-19 isn't slowing down quite yet in Saskatchewan, as 31 new cases were announced by the province yesterday. This lifts the active case count up to 307. Many of the new cases over recent weeks have come from Hutterite colonies throughout the southern, central, Saskatoon and northern regions of Saskatchewan. However, Rural and Remote Health Minister Warren Kading said yesterday cooperation from the Hutterite communities has been similar to what took place during the outbreak in northern Saskatchewan. 
If you remember, local leaders in the north put up check stops originally and then asked us eventually to take those over and help manage the movement in and out of their communities. And that's what we're finding with our Hutterite friends now as well, is that they have put a lot of their colonies on voluntary lockdown, absolutely eliminating anybody traveling into the communities. When it comes to masks, Premier Scott Moe says they aren't mandatory, but strongly recommended if physical distancing of two metres cannot be maintained. Premier Moe says the province is taking steps to avoid further outbreaks of coronavirus. In the coming days, public health officials will visit every Hutterite community in the province to inspect compliance with the public health orders, to offer testing in the community and to offer any other supports in the community, much like we have in other areas of the province. We will be ensuring that the public health order limiting gathering sizes to 30 people is being followed in all instances. Moe says the province is working to ensure contact tracing is done and non-essential travel is kept to an extreme minimum for those who have been in contact with the positive case. The United Nations World Food Program says COVID-19 restrictions are causing food security problems that are killing 10,000 children a month. And four UN agencies are warning that growing malnutrition will have long-term consequences, transforming individual tragedies into a generational catastrophe. The UN says more than 550,000 additional children each month are being struck by wasting, malnutrition that causes spindly limbs and distended bellies that can permanently damage children physically and mentally. The latest market outlook from Sask Wheat says new crop Durham sales should remain strong. The new crop year in the European Union started July 1st and year-to-date Durham imports, especially from Canada, are off to a quick start as European supplies remain tight going into harvest. The newsletter also says demand for Durham from Middle East buyers, Algeria, Morocco and Tunisia, should remain on the high end as long as they're able to pay for the wheat. Projections for Durham wheat imports in North Africa remain high as their own domestic production has been downgraded by dry weather. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell 260 at 442.68. Number one red spring wheat rose $4.34 at 219.17. The rest were unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 195.70. Flax 532.85. Lentils 582.50. Oats 183.16, yellow peas 244.89, feed wheat 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is down one cent at 5.07 a bushel. Um, it's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integritire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 28th. We only had a couple hundred head at our last sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from 85 cents to 95 cents. D3 cows sold from 75 cents to 85 cents. 
Counter cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.75. Cents. Heiferet sold from $1.05 to $1.15. And Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.18 to $1.28. There weren't enough steers and heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,000 hogs Monday. Selling a range of 124 to 156 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,800 head. Selling a range of 128 to 156 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 17 to 23 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 24 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.3378. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.66 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash reference markets are mixed, with the national reference base lower by 36 cents U.S. 100 weight, but the real notable movement has been in the negotiated cash regions, where the Western Corn Belt has come in at 4.53 higher relative to the previous day. All regions have seen a recovery off the lows put in at the end of June, but the Western Corn Belt is 53% higher when comparing today's cash price to the weekly low base value reached back then. If the trajectory is maintained for the remainder of the week, the Western Corn Belt could see a week-over-week change by over $10 a hundredweight, which would represent the second-highest one-week increase in value going back to 2015. Lean hog futures are trading the same sideways pattern as they have since the end of June. The trend reveals a slight bias to the upside, but when key technical levels are reached, the market tends to back off or retract somewhat. A vastly improved fundamental story will be required before the market can move significantly higher. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred grand in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. Oil Sands producer Meg Energy is reporting a higher second quarter net loss on voluntarily curtailed bitumen production and lower oil prices. The Calgary-based company says it had a net loss of $80 million, or $0.26 cents per share, in the three months ending June 30th on revenue of $307 million. There was a net loss of $64 million, or $0.21 cents a share, on revenue of $1.06 billion in the second quarter of 2019. Analysts had expected a loss of $34 million. Antagonisms between the U.S. and China are rattling governments around the world, prompting a German official to warn of Cold War 2.0. And Kenya's president is appealing for unity to fight the coronavirus pandemic. Global trade already was depressed by the two-year-old tariff war between the world's two biggest economies. Their rancor has spread to include Hong Kong, Chinese Muslims, spying accusations, and control of the South China Sea. European and Asian governments feel caught in the middle and are trying to defend their own interests. U.S. consumer confidence dropped sharply in July as coronavirus cases in many parts of the country began rising again. The conference board in the U.S. says its consumer confidence index fell to 92.6 from a June reading of 98.3. The weakness came from a drop in the expectations index, which measures consumers' views about the short-term outlook for income, business, and labor market conditions. 
Canada's main stock index slipped into positive territory in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was up 18 points at 16,179. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 133 points at 26,451. The Canadian dollar traded at 74.63 cents U.S. compared with 74.75 cents Monday. The September crude oil contract was down 41 cents at $41.19 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News Report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News Report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.